Thank you to our podcast sponsor, Samson Rope. Your climbing ropes aren't just tools of the trade. Your life literally depends on them. Specifically designed to endure any environment you throw at them, Samson climbing lines not only meet the rigors of your job, but are engineered to keep you safe. The result of a legacy of over 140 years of innovation. Hyperclimb is a new 100% polyester 11.7 millimeter double braid climbing line engineered for both moving and stationary rope systems that run well with your hardware and Pru6. Hyperclimb's low elongation is key for long ascents and dual purpose climbing. Hyperclimb from Samson, the strongest name in rope. Visit SampsonRope.com for more information. Joe, do you want me to introduce myself first just to get kind of kick it off and then that way Megan can copy me? Go right ahead. Okay. Um, so my name's Amy Tatro. I'm the Senior Vice President of Corporate Engagement at TCIA. Basically what that means is that I work with all of our corporate members in anything that they need for the tree care industry. So um, our vendor partners, um, manufacturers, service providers, and distributors uh, work with us as far as sponsorships and advertising and exhibiting and membership and all of that fun stuff that is a uh, part of TCA. I head up a team of four. Um, and the reason I'm on this particular podcast is because the Women in Tree Care initiative, for lack of a better term, is just something that I really hold near and dear to my heart. I've been in this industry for almost 10 years, I'd say. Um, and it's just been really exciting to see more and more women come into the space and just to be able to reach out to folks who I've never met and just have conversations about what it's like to be a woman in this industry. So that's my two cents. Awesome. You want me to go now? My name is Megan Kosensky. I'm a certified arborist at Bartlett Tree Experts. I graduated from UMass Amherst in 2018 and did a lot of production internships with Bartlett through my college years. When I graduated, I became a grounds person and eventually a climber and plant healthcare specialist with Bartlett, eventually working my way up to an arborist representative role. I am very passionate about women in the industry coming from the field and moving to where I've progressed today has given me a lot of insight to the challenges and the uphill battles that we have ahead of us. But I try to get involved with as many industry organizations as possible just to further safety culture in the industry and promoting everyone. I was recently elected to the Pendel ISA board of directors, which is a huge step in my career to, to achieving some of those goals. That's awesome, Megan. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, the I, Pendel board. Yeah. I got the call, uh, I guess like two weeks ago now. So it's, it's still really, really new, but uh, I'm really looking forward to all the meetings over the next couple of months and getting involved at my local chapter level. Nice. Yeah. So Megan, where are you located? I'm in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay. That would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> and do you want to tell us a little bit, um, sort of about your background? Are you from Philly? Are you from Massachusetts? I know you went to school at UMass. Do you want to give us a little bit of a picture there? Yeah. I am originally from Southern Connecticut and then I went up to school in Massachusetts. Um, and then I moved to Philadelphia a couple months after graduation. So I've been here for about two and a half years. How do you like it? I love it. Yeah. My only complaints about Philadelphia is I miss being by the water and I do not get along with the sports fans. So I'm a oh. New England girl. Yeah. <laughs> New England girl through and through and Philly sports fans are very passionate. I've learned. 
Good word. Yes. I like that. <laughs> well, we're New Hampshire, so, so I feel you on the New England part. Yeah. But other than that, I think Philly is a really great city. Um, the trees that are in the suburbs of this area are absolutely stunning. It's such old growth. And it's really great to be working on properties where you're taking care of William Penn Oaks. You know, these are oaks that are dating back hundreds of years um, and being a part of keeping them alive and healthy and working on them year after year is, is really rewarding. That's really, really cool. And actually kind of jumping back to what you were saying when we first um, hopped on the line, you were just coming in from getting your crew set up today, right? I was. Yeah. So my day starts around 6am. I'm usually the first one in the office. It's nice and quiet. And we start our days with safety meetings at 7am. I try to visit my crew at every property that I go to, make sure that they know what they're doing, that they have everything that they need. So I'm usually running around chasing after them throughout my day in between everything else that I need to need to do. But yeah, I'm always, always on top of managing my crew. How big is your crew? How many folks are you, are you working with on a daily basis? So I have a crew of uh, three uh, tree care professionals. And in the growing season, I have a plant health care specialist as well. So between three and four people that I'm managing on a daily basis. But we have about 25 production people in our office here in Valley Kinwood. So we do a lot of crew switching around or I'm the go-to person for safety concerns. I work with our local office safety coordinator. So I do a lot of work with that. And right now, I mean, I'm in the process of signing three of my employees up for their ISA test. So there's a ton of little activities that come up throughout the week that people need help with. And, um, you know, just because you don't work for that arborist doesn't mean that they can't help you with something, which is nice. Yeah, I get to kind of work a little bit with everyone. That's awesome. And that sounds like a lot of responsibility, quite frankly, for somebody. Um, how long have you been in the industry? So officially after college, it's been like two and a half years. Okay. Yeah. I mean, start to add in my internships. I get up past three or four, but um, I kind of grew up in the industry. So I've always been a part of trees and learning about them. So I feel fortunate to have a lot of other experience beyond just my years after college. But yeah, it, it has been a quick career progression. Oh, good for you. So actually, since you kind of introduced that idea, do you want to tell us a little bit more about your background? And you said you grew up in the industry. Tell us a little bit more. Yeah. So I have an uncle and a cousin that are part of the industry. And from a really young age, I was going to ISA conferences, uh, flower shows, and getting a really broad picture of what the industry entailed. So I knew that I was always going to work for Bartlett. It was something that I think I told my parents at like age four that I was, I was going to be a tree <laughs> person. But when I, when I went to college, I was, I was really passionate about business and I was studying resource economics on a management track. And I thought that's what I wanted to do. But when I got to college, I, I took a climbing lab with Dr. Brian Kane and I just absolutely fell in love with being up in a tree and then I took a chainsaw lab the following semester and it was so much fun and I was learning so much from it and I was learning it in a really safe way. I mean, Dr. Brian Kane is absolutely brilliant. He helps with ANSI standards. I could spend the whole podcast talking about things that just he does, <laughs> but it was a really great introduction uh, to production for me. And that was kind of how I got 
started with some of my field internships and kind of stuck with a completely different path than I had originally imagined for myself. That's really interesting that you went in with a very specific idea and then it was something like a climbing lab or a chainsaw lab that pivoted you fully kind of back to where your original career goals were when you were four and telling your parents (laughs) that you wanted to work for a tree company. Exactly. And I am now in a role where I can use that business background that I have with the management of my team and the other activities that I'm kind of pursuing in my career. But I, I feel really fortunate to have gone to a school that has such a strong arboriculture program um, and such a good community surrounding that where they do get their students outside and in the field and really encourage them to get that, you know, from the ground experience and work your way up to it. Yeah. Do you want to maybe tell us a little bit more about your experience at UMass and in, and in that program? Um, for those of us who maybe weren't in college for arboriculture or horticulture, or maybe are thinking about getting into it, do you want to just maybe paint a picture of your experience, um, maybe weaving in the idea of being a young woman in this industry? Yeah. So I met Dr. Kane when I first got to campus. Um, I had known him through my family that's in the industry and it was just kind of a quick introduction of, Hey, and uh, he was really the person that, that pushed me into let's learn more about this. Like let's explore that side of something that you want to do. So I encourage anyone that is even curious about the industry, just go out and do something with it. And if you can get into a program that has a really formal education, do that. If not, try an internship. UMass, um, they have a two-year degree program uh, in arboriculture, and then they also have a four-year degree in urban forestry. I got a minor in natural resource conservation that focused on arboriculture. And then I used every gen ed and elective I had to just take more classes within the course. I think I was only a couple credits away from, from getting that associate's degree. But instead of taking physics, I took soils, right? So I was able to really make my degree my own and find courses that would just kind of help me in, in my day-to-day. So if you have an idea of what you want to do, I really encourage anyone just keep exploring that and just keep taking the opportunities that come up. And through the classes that I was taking is how I learned about an internship on Nantucket for Bartlett. And they had housing with the job and, you know, a couple months on an island off the coast of Massachusetts is like, sure, that sounds so much fun. And it really was a lot different than I expected it was going to be. You definitely need to tell us more about that now because that sounds like quite an adventure. Yeah. So I remember I I called my mom during the winter semester and I told her, I am going to go to Nantucket and I'm going to do tree work for Bartlett. And she was very confused. (laughs) She like asked the typical mom questions. Like, are you going to be safe? Like, what are you doing? And I was like, yeah, it'll be fine. Like, it'll be fun. And she was so supportive. I'm so thankful for my parents. They've just you know, keep pushing me to do new things. And we went out, it was my first time ever going to Nantucket. And my mom and I are hanging up like sundresses and cute clothes in my closet. And we look at the the bed that's in my room and there's a stack of like Carhartt pants on the bed. <laughs> and we're looking at each other and she's like, what did you get yourself into? And 
I had no idea, but it ended up being the best summer. I had an incredibly supportive team that would get me up in trees any chance that they got. Um, We took time after every day of work of taking apart chainsaws and learning how to use them. Um, So it was the best summer. And that's what kept me in the industry is, is starting out in an internship like that and having such a positive experience that, um, that I just really stuck with it. And that's why I went back into production after I graduated. What a like really, I, I really love the picture that you painted there, that sort of like stark division. Cause I also would picture Nantucket summer shorts, right. but that must've been a bit of a, bit of a pivot for you mentally to, you know, load up your car hearts and, and jump up into a tree on an Island in the summertime. Oh, definitely. I mean, I've sometimes feel like I have two personalities, like, um, the side that loves being outdoors and getting dirty and the other side that's like, you know, let's go to the beach and, and have fun. So it was quite a, a culture shock almost to me. And I think having been in school, I thought that I had an idea of, of what it would be like to actually do the kind of physical labor that this job requires. And until I actually started doing it and seeing it and working side by side with my coworkers, um, I just, I didn't know what to expect. Can I ask a question based off of your kind of comments about the the two sides of yourself that you saw? Yeah. So one, one thing, it seems like you had a very strong support system who encouraged you to try new things and you had your background and family in the tree care industry. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about any of this, but like, I don't think a lot of people would have that same kind of experience um, both with themselves and with other people, there's a lot of expectations that you would put on yourself versus what other people put on you. What is your kind of advice or recommendation about overcoming those expectations or the idea that you have to choose kind of the car hearts or the sundress? Like what, (laughs) you know, what do you, what do you say to somebody who says that you have to choose one? Yeah, I think being in an industry where there's so few females, there is a perception of, you know, you're either a female that does tree work or kind of like a female that doesn't. Like it does seem like there's expectations of of certain personalities. I feel very fortunate that I've been in really good environments and environments that have supported me. And so I haven't come into contact with people that that really question anything like that. But a lot of the expectations that that I've encountered are expectations that I've put on myself. It's not necessarily things that that people have told me you should be this way if if you're going to do tree work or not. And so, um, kind of ignoring what I think other people should expect of me and just focusing on what I need to do, right, um, is kind of what's what's pushed me along. I don't know if that really answered your question. I can do it again. <laughs> no, that's fine. That that answers what I was looking for. Just because, um, you know, I'm not in the tree care industry, but my parents had certain expectations of me um, that I broke and didn't hit. And obviously mm-hmm. there was kind of not disappointment, but, you know, your parents expect one thing, your friends expect one thing, your family expects one thing. And then to go off and tell them that you didn't actually do that you know, sometimes you can feel like you disappointed somebody or even because you disappointed them, you're now feeling disappointed yourself. So I didn't know how you got past those feelings. Yeah. I think because my family was already exposed to Bartlett that they kind of knew 
I was going to have a good uh, and healthy career ahead of me. I have seen people, you know, kind of look down on the industry as a whole as that, you know, maybe it's not, you know, it's not professional. You're not a CPA or, you know, a dentist or something, but it's why it's so great to have organizations like TCIA and ISA that, that make this industry so professional. And I think a lot of people are pleasantly surprised when they start to learn about the things that we can do. I know, you know, a lot of my friends are teachers and nurses, but their exposure to my job and what I do, I mean, it's opened up a whole world that they didn't even know existed. Yeah. I think that that's a really, a really great point. Just the level of professionalism that you're able to sort of bring to this. And even again, coming back to that idea that you've been in the industry for, you know, two and a half years and the growth that you have seen and the opportunities that are coming up for you and that you're taking advantage of being on the board of a major organization, a national or technically not national, I guess, Pandel, that little area. Kind of close. <laughs> kind of close. You know what I mean? <laughs> is, is a big deal. Um, so I guess sort of in that same vein, where not the, not the quote unquote, where do you see yourself in five years? Because trust me, that's not what I'm going for here. But I'm just curious if you have aspirations or things that you want to achieve in your career. Yeah. Uh, I always joke with my friends, I don't really plan on retiring. Like I, I love this job. I love what I do every day. And I don't see a reason that I'm ever really going to want to want to stop working in this industry. So it was important for me to kind of start in the ground, in the field and work my way up to a climber, to a plant healthcare specialist. Now I'm an Arborist representative. And I think following some of the the potential options of, of what I've seen other mentors of mine do is looking into management down the road, right? So maybe running my own office one day or, or helping um, lead a safety program, something like that. So I definitely still have that passion for business and for management. Um, so I do want to get back into that at some point, but I think just kind of going through each step of any time that there's an opportunity to, to move up in my career, I've, I've tried to take it. I mean, even if I don't get it, I've, I've put myself out there. I've gone through the process. It's exposed me to something new that I didn't know before. So I really just, for me, it's, it's whatever comes next. Like the next opportunity that's there, I'm probably going to say yes to it. Um, lose a couple hours of sleep each time I take <laughs> on something new. But, um, but every time that there's, that there's something else for me to do, I, I want to do it. Yeah. A lot of it, I feel like it's just kind of like seeing what happens, especially in this world. Everything's changing so rapidly that who knows what, what is possible in the next few months, years. Yeah. And for me, I mean, it was only eight, Night. For me, it was only, you know, 10 years ago that I made, sorry, no, that's totally wrong. Math. I know. For, for <laughs> me, it was only, you know, six, seven years ago that I completely changed what I wanted to do. So looking down the line, I have ideas of what I want to do, but I think anytime an opportunity comes up, it's going to kind of shift my career into one direction or another. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of focusing a little bit on on your career, we've, we've touched on some of the highlights and some of the, the good things. Do you have examples or um, would you be willing to speak to some of the challenges that you've faced in your roles, um, sort of in any capacity? Yeah. So I think the thing that I struggled with the most when I was working in production and becoming a climber 
and getting over that learning curve was as a female, I physically could not do the same things that I was watching my coworkers do. And that was so incredibly frustrating to me. Like I'm, I'm like smiling about it now thinking about it, but I remember just being so upset when I was trying to do a removal or trying to pick up logs and I just didn't have that physical strength. Um, but I was, I was comparing myself way too much to some of the things that my coworkers were doing. And now that I've kind of moved past that, I see that I had a lot of other strengths that, that maybe they didn't. And I just needed to kind of play to the strengths that I had, which has gotten to me to where I am today. But that was one thing that I really struggled with was just kind of the difference in, in my natural abilities than, than others. It's such a physically demanding job that feeling like I wasn't being as productive um, was, was really frustrating. But now that I've gotten that experience, I'm so much better at the job that I'm in today. So it, it was something that I needed to go through in order to, to now be able to send my crew out in a safe environment every day. Yeah, that brings a certain level of understanding, I would imagine, um, to the role that others may not have. So when you were working through that, what did that, what did that look like for you? Were you um, working to climb in your off time to increase your physical strength? Were you, um, you know, playing around with, you said, your other skills and seeing what other value you could bring to it? Can you speak to us a little bit more about kind of how you worked through it? Yeah, honestly, it came down to the team that I had around me. And kind of talking some of those challenges through with them. And that wasn't just females that have gone through it. It was, um, you know, my local manager, my local office safety coordinator, like some really influential males that I am fortunate enough to have in my life. I also got more into like plant healthcare because I had a better attention to detail or I was a little bit stronger in my pest and insect or my disease and insect ID. I was really good at speaking with the clients, you know, when, when we got to a job, if we needed the cars moved or we had an issue on the property, I was usually the one that was going up and talking to the client, not necessarily the crew leader. So there were things that I was able to find on my crew that I was, I was good at doing. And, um, ultimately I, I got stronger and I was able to slowly pick up bigger and bigger pieces or do more physically intense stuff. So, um, it, it took a lot of time. You know, I think giving yourself the time to, to work through a lot of things is really important because the, the first day that you have an issue, you know, you're, you're going to need some time to figure out what's going to work best for you. Yeah. I want to just point out one thing that you said that I really liked um, was just that um, paying attention to your other skills and paying, like you're, you mentioned that you're really good at paying attention to detail. I think so often in any career, we kind of come into it with an expectation of what what that means to be in this job or be in this space. Um, but I think we can learn to excel and, and grow in our careers if we start to kind of widen, widen the lens and say, well, actually, I'm really good at X, Y, Z over here, which I maybe never thought was going to be an opportunity. You know, I'm going to focus on mm-hmm. PHC instead of climbing, even though climbing was my trajectory, just keeping your eyes and ears open for those opportunities and then using those to continue to grow and evolve, I think is really important for all of us to bear in mind. Yeah. And I've always said, I mean, you can't, how do I phrase this? You can't reach an expectation unless you know what it is. So if you're not able to kind of draw out 
the goals and the expectations that you have for yourself, you're, you're never going to figure out how to, how to get to those. So if I didn't tell myself, you know, just because you, I'm kind of fumbling now. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm trying to work through how to say it as well. too. I know you're getting that. (laughs) I normally, I normally tell it to other people. Like I'll, I'll tell a lot of my friends, you know, you can't get upset at someone when they don't reach your expectations if you haven't told them what they are. Yes. Right. So when, I don't know, like thinking about other people that may have expectations for me, like if they don't tell me those, I'm never, I'm never going to try to work towards that. If, if my division team doesn't come to me and say, hey, we, we expect you to do this this year. Like these are the goals that we're going to set for you. Um, I'm never going to work towards that. So being able to recognize what you need to do in the short term and the long term to, to get to where you want to go, I think is really important. Yeah, I think you definitely hit the nail on the head as far as um, the expectations and in, in vocalizing them. Something that we say on our team a lot is um, from, Brene, from Brene Brown, where she always says, clear is kind. Like you have to be really, really clear in order for you and for your team to achieve those goals. Because if you're not very precise, then you're going to go in 46 different directions. And that is super, super critical on the job site. Yeah, oh, definitely. So sort of speaking about that um, advice to friends and kind of sharing what, if you had to share advice or lessons or something that you would want to sort of pass along to other people coming up into this industry, particularly young women, if that's applicable, what would you tell them? What, What would you love to share with those folks? Something that I've learned is what you put in is what you're going to get out of it. And so if we're thinking about, you know, setting expectations and goals, you really need to put in the work and to just kind of put your head down and, and really just muscle through it. So if you want to put in 50% of your effort to do a, a job that is so mentally, physically, emotionally taxing, you are going to get that 50% out of it. But if you're putting 100, 110 percent of yourself into your job every day, um, you're really going to get to where you need to be and where, where you want to be. So in order to, to achieve those expectations that you're going to set for yourself, you just, you just have to work really, really hard to get to it. Yeah, super true. I like that a lot. This episode of the TCIA podcast is brought to you by the brand new TCI Magazine website, the digital supplement to the most widely read periodical in the tree care industry. No matter where you are in the world, you can have top-notch content, timely industry updates, and cutting-edge advertisers you have come to expect from TCI Magazine for the past 30 years, all in the palm of your hand. The fully responsive TCI Magazine website breaks down years of content into neatly organized categories specific to certain aspects of tree care businesses, making it easier than ever to navigate and find articles on exactly what you're looking for. You can discuss articles in real time through the new commenting feature, as well as share articles with friends, family, and colleagues through the vastly improved social sharing. We've also been listening to you, our readers, over the years. And to make this content more accessible than ever, we've included article translations for nine different languages. So if English isn't your primary language, you can still enjoy the experience of reading TCI Magazine. So head over to tcimag.tcia.org to check out the brand new TCI Magazine website the official website of the most widely read periodical in the tree care industry. That's tcimag.tcia.org.
Um, Joe, I'm going to take a minute and just check in here with you and see what you need from us, where you want us to kind of go, what questions we missed. Whatever. I mean, the questions are not super important at this point, but um, yeah, it's fine. He's like, you guys went rogue. I don't know what happened. <laughs> uh, listen, you're supposed to start at the top and work your way down. He didn't do All it. Right, we Joe. gave up. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, because you're not too far removed from being out of the college program and stuff like that and wondering how people first off get their start into it like what they should be looking for in an actual school with an arboriculture program or like a horticulture program um, because it's not obviously on the list of a lot of people's minds of what they're actually going to go into because of right. the fact that when a recruiter comes in and you know it's for uh, the business schools and all these other kind of things, what specifically should they be looking for when looking at programs like that? Or what did you look specifically for? Because, I mean, we're fortunate in New England that we have a little bit more choices than most other places, but. Yeah. Honestly, so many people that I encounter in my career just have a like general green industry experience. I know arborists who used to work with landscape companies or studied environmental science. So I think you can't go wrong in just picking like a generalized green industry major if, if you're unsure of what you wanna do because most of the training that, that we do in arboriculture is on the job based. So there's, and speaking to, to my experience with Bartlett, you know, there's so many mentorship programs and classes that are laid out to kind of further your education. Um, I do want to stress that there's, you know, a big difference between arboriculture and urban forestry versus just general forestry. So if anyone is, is just wanting to get into tree work, kind of look into the differences that, you know, being a park ranger versus pruning trees in center city, Philadelphia, kind of the differences that, that you might encounter in that. But um, ultimately, I mean, you can do internships in high school, in college, and that's what's really going to kind of push your education to where you might be more interested in going. But, you know, any professor that I've ever met, studied with, worked with, um, will take more time then required to to sit with their students and walk them through every possible option that they could that they could have in the industry. I think that's helpful to know because uh, I didn't know what I wanted to go to school for and obviously choosing at 18 coming right out of high school is not the easiest choice and sometimes it feels like if you don't align yourself just right at the beginning of some of these careers you can't actually succeed I know that's not the case but it definitely can feel that way um yeah no it's it's so much pressure to pick a career at 18 I think that's absolutely crazy and I've said all the time I feel very fortunate to have kind of grown up in it but I do know that's not the case for everyone so yeah I think just being able to ask questions and to just have different experiences and like I said I used my gen eds to to take more arboriculture courses to take plant science and dendrology and um, botany and soils. So if you have those opportunities to just kind of like explore new things, it'll, it'll put you in different areas, but 
I, it is hard to to kind of learn about this industry if you've never heard about it before. Yeah. Um, you are incredibly driven and you've made it a long way in what seems like a compressed amount of time, you know, and that's a testament to your skill and your ability. But to to be honest, did you think that you would be where you are now when you had first started college? No, no, absolutely not. Um, I had a lot of people and when I was coming out of college tell me that I could be an arborist representative like right then and there. But at the time I was like, no, I just want to want to climb trees and thinking back to the goals that I had set my set for myself between being a young kid and to where I've come now has has been pretty remarkable. And a couple of months ago when my division manager asked, you know, would you be interested in doing Pendel ISA? I like couldn't speak for like the first minute after he asked me because it was something that I always wanted to do, but I didn't think it was something that I was really ready for. And after speaking with him and learning more about what it might entail and the progression that I've made in my career, I was like, yeah, I can, I can handle this. So there's, what was, what was your question again? I feel like okay. I'm getting lost in it. No, but going off of that, you know, obviously being approached to be on the board is a huge thing. And it's hard when you feel like you're young and that you don't have the right amount of experience. Sometimes you can talk yourself out of that if nobody else is talking you into it. So kind of what's your thought process when stuff like that happens? How do you keep yourself pushing forward instead of being like, oh, I don't have the experience because that's kind of the initial thing you know when you think of a a board you're like not me yeah um again I've I've been really lucky that I have such a great group of mentors around me that that will push me I went to one of the ISA conferences and I listened to a women's panel and I forget the name of the woman and I'm not sure how I would ever figure out who it was but she referenced something that she had heard about building your own board of directors. So I have like an actual list of mentors that I go to when I need something. And I think because I've so carefully selected people around me to motivate me and to push me to do new things that I've been able to achieve a lot of this stuff. So when I do feel like I'm not doing a good job or you know, maybe I was having a bad week. I still have these people around me that are going to push me to be like, no, you, you got this, you know what you're doing. And that's from like my local office to the family and friends that I have around me to the management team. Um, I have mentors out in like Chicago that I call who are just in my network of people, but it's people that I'll reach out to frequently through the year if I have questions on specific stuff. So that's something that has really benefited me to keep pushing forward is is having a designated group of people that that give me that environment to grow I think the funny thing about you saying that is that one of our topics coming up is about creating your own personal board of directors and mentorship (laughs) with that's funny her name is Rebecca Johnson I don't know if that's the person you heard speak or not but she's going to be the one who is speaking on it at the end of March so huh it all comes full circle, apparently. Yeah, um, that's that's funny. It, it could it could have been if she's been in the industry, it might have been the same person. Yeah, she's pretty dynamic, pretty awesome resource. I would definitely encourage you to check her out. Definitely. Yeah, um, I really really love that. I think one of the big things that 
at least Joe and I are noticing in a lot of these conversations is just um, that idea of community, that this industry is really fairly small and that we're, it's a pretty, pretty tight knit group of people. So it's amazing that we are able to connect and then reach out to those folks and use them as a resource to help grow, engage, and learn. So it's, I love that you kind of already mentioned that and are using it. I don't know if you want to speak to any other sort of similar resources that you use either as a young person or as a woman to kind of help leverage your career and keep, keep you on that path moving forward. Um, I don't know off the top of my head. I will say because I have had such great support around me, that's part of what motivates me to further my career so that I can do the same thing for other people. So I had a female start in our office. I think it's her like fourth week here. And um, we put her on my crew to work on my team. And so I've been able to kind of mentor her, which has been a really great experience. And I think it's really improved the way that she's been introduced to the industry because before this, she really didn't have any experience. And so for me to kind of use the experience that I've gained through the people around me over the past couple of years and, and give that to her to show her that, you know, she can go really far in this industry if, if that's what she wants to do and if that's what she wants to work towards. So I agree. I think being in such a close-knit community and in, in the industry and honestly, everyone's just so nice. I don't know whether it's because everyone's just out looking at trees all day and it makes them happy <laughs> or, or what, but I'm, I'm hard pressed to find people in this industry that aren't willing to reach out and, and help other people around them. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's awesome that you are welcoming that woman onto your crew and kind of utilizing that opportunity to, to work with her and help her grow her career. Um, is there anything specific kind of what you're teaching her or what you guys are talking about or any other advice that would translate to other people? Um, I mean, bringing it back to expectations, I've tried to be really clear with, with some of the things that she should expect or are going to happen, the paths that she can kind of take, what she should be working towards. I think communication is really, really important. I'm like really in touch with what my crew is doing and the way that they want to move through their careers. So yeah. Yeah, I really like that. I guess, and this one's a little bit of a selfish because I always like to see what other people are doing as far as resources and and stuff. Are there like, I know you said you go to like ISA conferences and there's a lot of Mm -hmm. trainings happening and webinars and like, there's just so much content and so much happening out there right now. Are there certain programs or projects or meetings or events or things that you go to as a young person or, or as a woman that have really helped you? Um, I guess I'm thinking specific examples would be like, the women's street climbing workshop, which I know is always like a pretty. I'm actually, pretty, yeah, I saw. That's what made me think of um, it. You're you're rocking it. <laughs> yeah, we're in the vest today. Yeah, I guess I was thinking if you had any other sort of um, events or programs or things like that that have just really resonated with you. Yeah, a women's street climbing workshop. I cannot talk more highly of it. I think I cried for like an hour after I was leaving. And it was like, it was like a two day trip and I was like bawling my eyes out because I didn't want to leave. That is an absolute incredible environment to be, to never have been in a tree before. And then I was climbing with people who are, you know, Pendel chapter champions and, and stuff like that. So I can't talk more highly of it. I think that they should do one a month. I, I think they sell out in like what, an hour. In like two that. seconds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
uh, I, I would love to go back, but also part of me is like, you did it. You had your experience. Let, let someone else have that because it was really one of like the best weekends ever. Um, yeah, I think one of the main activities that I partake in is probably like the women in arboriculture movement. Um, I try to network with all the women in my little area of the company. So I'll reach out to them and just kind of be their contact person. If you're the only female in an office, you're going to have like some questions that you don't want to ask your crew leader or your manager. (laughs) So it's good to have like a friendly female face where you can be like, how do you go to the bathroom during the day when all you have is a chip truck, Mm -hmm. you know, and that might be such like an awkward thing to bring up, but it's, it's like, it's a big part of your day. Like yeah, 90 degrees in heat and you're drinking like two gallons of water. Um, yeah. So I do a lot of networking within my area of the company. Um, what else do I go to? I'm trying to sometimes I do a lot and I kind of forget about everything that I do. Well, in a normal year, we would have plenty of things to reference, but yeah, no, I mean, when I, when I go to the conferences, I definitely will prioritize the women's meetings mostly for the networking opportunities and meeting people and either becoming a mentor for someone or me finding another mentor. Um, young people wise. I mean, I, I actually just did a lecture for the students at UMass talking to them about like different career paths that they can take and what it's like to work at a bit of a larger company. Nice. I think those are really good for sure. So because you are basically the future of arboriculture at this point, whether you want to be or not. <laughs> no um, pressure. <laughs> yeah. Way, way to really just, lay out just, those expectations. Just, just you specifically. Um, <laughs> no, but where do you want to see it go? I mean, you right now have the ability to influence a lot of change and with all these other things going on um, and you've experienced a lot and you're getting experience now being on the board and doing Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff where do you want to see this industry as a whole go end up kind of what are your goals for for this I am a really big advocate for safety and I would love to not tell people that I have one of like the fifth most dangerous jobs in the world or or the top five. I think it fluctuates between one and five all the time. It's having been in the field, having trained with a lot of the people that I work with. I'm nervous about sending my friends into such a dangerous job. And I don't want, I hate hearing about like accidents and people getting hurt in the industry. So Primarily, I think I want to influence the industry to be safer, to give those educational avenues to people, especially those who are in management or leadership roles, because those are the people that are going to influence the next generation of arborists. And if you're not being taught by a good group of people, you know, you only know what you know. You don't know what you don't know. Uh, That's something that I learned in Women's Tree Climbing Workshop. That's a big motto there. So you know, influencing safety because, you know, it's just, it's important. People have families to go home to at the end of the day and, you know, making sure that, that everyone has an equal opportunity to get into this industry. I've been lucky enough to, to be in really supportive environments, like I've said, but I have heard some, some terrible, terrible stories of, you know, women in the industry who don't, who don't get that same support in, offices and in other companies and stuff so that's a big thing is is just to make sure that if you want to do this job and you can do this job you you can do it there shouldn't be a barrier for that thank you for 
that answer. Um, being respectful of your time, we're coming up on the end. Is there anything that you want to say that we haven't asked about or that you just kind of want to bring up? I, I like the big loaded questions for you. <laughs> yeah, um, really put me on the spot. Take your time. Joe will edit out all the silence. Yeah, mm-hmm. good. Thank you. It'd be a really boring podcast. I could leave um, it in for dramatic effect. <laughs> <laughs> like some Jaws music in the background yeah. or something leading up to an answer. Yeah, for sure. Do that, Joe. <laughs> we'll that see. was totally a joke. I've made jokes like that before and then people like actually do it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just, just, if you're going to do this job, you just got to cancel out a lot of that excess noise that might be around you. Um, as a female growing up in the industry, I don't just get, oh, you're a female. I get, oh, you're young. Or so just kind of ignoring a lot of the static around you and reminding yourself of the reasons that you're doing what you're doing, the qualifications that you have to do it. And if you don't have those qualifications, pushing yourself to get that experience, to get those credentials, to, to further your education, because, um, yeah, I guess that would be it. I, I really like that. I think that, I don't know about you, Joe, but I feel like that really kind of summarizes a lot of what we talked about <laughs> during our meandering sort of conversation oh it's fine it was perfect I think yeah (laughs) I think that sums it up all very nicely cool thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us Megan yeah this is so exciting I can't wait to hear it I'm probably gonna be cringing the whole time listening to my voice I've done that (sighs) a lot but um I'm really excited for this you know I love TCIA I love going to the conferences and the shows and you know we've met a couple times before so it's it's fun to 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 see everyone again and, and to be a part of what you guys are doing. Thank you to our podcast sponsor, Samson Rope. Your rigging ropes aren't just tools of the trade. They do the grunt work. They have to endure dynamic loads, abrasion, and moving through hardware while keeping you safe, which is why Samson rigging ropes are specifically designed and engineered to meet the rigors of your job, the result of a legacy of over 140 years of innovation. Stable braid rigging line is the industry standard for arborists. A durable polyester double braid rope with a high strength to weight ratio, torque free construction with UV protection. Put stable braid to work for you. Stable braid from Samson, the strongest name in rope. Visit samsonrope.com for more information.